Welcome into the For the Throne Dynasty podcast, starring your defending champion, Cascade Bear, Stirk Daddy, Justin STP6, Andy Pollock, Randy Santarelli, D. Slackey, the debut of House Deets, Candle Still Lit, Little Slads, WGL 1035, Prince Palmer 17, Lefty 79, and Bucks in 6. Welcome into the For the Throne Dynasty podcast. We are on team profile number 12 after a bit of a delay due to just busy schedules. And I'm here with our sibling fantasy league, the last dance reigning champion, Tyler, Team Para, Lefty79. And you know him as Lefty79 in the For the Throne Dynasty League as well. So, Tyler, are you ready to talk about your football team? Yes, I am. But first of all, I'd like to say hello for the Throne Podcast. <laughs> um, yeah, definitely. Uh, thanks for the shout-out about my championship in the uh, the last dance. Uh, that was something that was not expected after choking in the first round of the playoffs the year before. And... Lost by uh, half a point that last year. Yeah, was not too thrilled about the circumstances regarding that. Uh, came very damn close to uh, selling the team, but we ended up staying on and having a 17 win and three loss season really, uh, really helped uh, turn the morale around. And the playoff run was absolutely nuts, uh, just with some of the performances I got. So. But this isn't a fo- this is for football. This isn't for basketball. Um, but I know there's some people in both. And but yeah, this is about my my uh, flop of a football team that we'll talk flip, about. Flip of a football or flop? Uh, a flop. It's it's <laughs> been a flop. But I almost made the playoffs uh, in the first season in this league. But yeah, as far as dynasty football went, that was definitely a. Uh, a learning curve for me that I had to go through and for the new guys or for the new guy that's, I think Candle is the new guy this year he's going to have a little bit of a learning curve too so but yeah for me this was like my first ever Dynasty League and you're going to find out all the fun things that I did to totally screw my team over <laughs> in the first couple seasons and hopefully now uh, my third year uh, starts getting things turned around a little bit more i mean i think yeah this is the third year now it'll be right? four it'll be year four four now okay wow never so, forget when rowdy it's, it seems it rowdy and will said our league wasn't going to make it to five years we're one year away right we're now we're in four <laughs> holy crap we're seniors now but you know when i yeah just the three years seem to fly by so fast you know each game each excruciating loss just you know makes it go that quicker much quicker but you got mike mcdaniel in the background is that your yeah. new chosen chosen face yeah the dork fins um <laughs> i did trade one of them to you i know we're gonna get into that in this podcast but uh there are only two dork fins now on my team but 
Um, hopefully you enjoy the other one that uh, I did have. But uh, we'll talk about that later and what all went into that deal. So let's get but started right away. Uh, let's yeah, get started let's with get that veterans it. draft. So you actually drew the number one spot. <laughs> and and shortly thereafter, you actually traded the pick for me. So uh, explain that trade that you made with me in the first round. Uh, that was really dumb, uh, to be honest, because I didn't get anything for it other than a swap with you. And <laughs> I think it was just because I was like, afraid I was going to shit myself with that pick and I, I knew it was Saquon probably that year that should have went uh, Belvin was a bust pretty much in the fifth fifth pick probably could have had him later uh, in the first round I'm sure but I, I was like hey, I gotta go running back and I kind of panicked I got myself out of the first spot didn't get any capital for that like I could have got maybe a pick from you just to like even the trade a little bit but yeah i mean i went down four spots and i got zero uh for it and i got melvin gordon which you know obviously he's not on my roster anymore but i'm sure most of these guys in my startup aren't on my, my team anymore mm -hmm. but yeah um not a great start but uh that's what keeps it entertaining is when you make stupid decisions in the beginning and you have to dig yourself out of them and kind of still doing that four years later but you know what honestly it kind of made me feel a little better when he got hurt but you don't really want to wish that on anybody but at the end of the day you know i was like well his first round pick was the shits too so you know, i was kind of happy just you know to get past that decision and you know the Le'Veon bell pick was you know you'll get into that i'm sure like as well with how that all went down but so you took Melvin Gordon at the 105. He was on the Chargers yep. at the time. Uh, and then now he's with Denver. I think we've had quite a bit of movement with him individually in our league. And then as you just yeah. previously uh, preluded to, at the 212, you went running back, running back with Le'Veon Bell, who at the time, was he with Pittsburgh? Yes, uh, I believe this was uh, when he was, I don't know if it was like when he was holding out or he, we had, like, because I think that's why he dropped as far as he did. Or maybe he had just signed with the Jets. I'm not. Let me take a look. I think there was, like, maybe a little bit of a limbo period there where we didn't know what he was doing. But I felt he was just too good to pass up at that spot. And I was really kind of leery on Gordon. Uh, and then he was holding out at that time. So he was a Jet. The chart. Okay, he was, yeah. So, yeah, I, I figured, well, First can't be any worse. Yeah, he had already signed with the Jets there. Gordon was the one that was holding out uh, and ended up, you know, coming back, like, way later in the season mm -hmm. or midway through the season. But, yeah, uh, kind of, that was kind of like, you know, if, I, if, if, if this was softball, that was two strikes right there and I'd be <laughs> out. So uh, that was pretty much two really, you know, bad picks to start my startup and it's hard to dig out from that after three seasons and really I still haven't so that really kind of if you want to stop listening to this podcast you can at this point because <laughs> I pretty much know how my team is going to be at the end of, after all this but if you want to be entertained yeah yeah keep listening I mean needless to say Stirk Daddy even made mention that his team was pretty bad at the beginning and they start up so you know, as yeah. long as you had a couple key pieces that you could kind of flip here and there, 
or yeah. kind of the diamonds in the rough that you find all works out including at the sure. 301 you actually had a pretty decent franchise piece and it was Adam Thielen for the Vikings wide receiver that was uh that, those would have been back-to-back picks then there because I was I was drafting at the end of the second and then the beginning of the third yep. there so yeah I, I figured hey I gotta get a receiver here um Thielen was putting up pretty good numbers still I mean he still is you know a solid you know, peace for the Vikings. Solid WR2 slash three for them. And, you know, back then he was like their number one guy because I don't think Jefferson was in the league yet. No. But, um, yeah, I held on to him, I think, through that season. And then I believe I dealt him eventually, uh, I think, I think to you. Yeah. So then at the 412, you took Julian Edelman, Mr. Reliable. Wow. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Hey, you did get a great year from him in the first year. Yeah, and then after that, it was like, well, you know, the miles started to add up, and the R word came out, you know, and then it was like the concussions, and I think he was hurt. I don't know if it was the concussions so much as I think he had another injury that he just wasn't the same anymore, and, you know, that was that. And, he, and Brady couldn't get him out of retirement, so... That was pretty much it for Julian, and uh, yeah, that was a 4.12. That was a fourth-round pick that was pretty much off my team within one or two seasons. So not by your choice, just the fact that you no, not and that's that's dynasty. You know, that's the name of the game when you're when you're drafting. So then at the 501, you took Mark Ingram, running back at the time with the Saints. I want to say, I think he was still yep. at the time when he was dueling with. Um, Camara, yeah, no, he was actually with the Ravens. Oh yeah, because that's when he had just signed the deal with them, and I thought, well, yeah, he's gonna be maybe their RB one uh, coming in, but I just at the end of the day with him, I he was a little bit, he had some tread on the tires already. I I wasn't just. I already had two running backs I had selected, so I figured, well, this is just going to be depth. But I think again, this is probably like not a great pick because there was a lot better talent out there at this point. But I think there was a running back run, and I was a little bit afraid that you know because of Melvin's holdout, I was going to need to have another running back on the roster for sure that was going to get carries. And I think that's why I made this pick, and he didn't really last on my team that long either. So, I mean, a couple seasons. I think he got through a season with me for sure. But yeah, it looks like you, tra- the- you traded him to Spaceballs in 2020, so you did use him an entire year. Yep. So let's move on to the 612. You took Elshon Jeffrey, another guy that's out of the league right now. I I, I know how to pick him, don't I? <laughs> it's like, I'm just. I mean, if, if if you were telling me this was a draft on getting guys that were going to be out of the league in, within three years, I'm I'm nailing it right now. I'm, <laughs> I'm totally killing it. He did play ten but, games that season, and then seven the next, but then he was done. I think he <clears> killed <throat> Green Bay that year that I had him, like because I think he was on the Eagles yet. Uh, on that that yeah, one Eagles, season, Eagles, Eagles. Yeah, and then you know, then it was like you know, pretty much broke after that one season where. The kid that Achilles injury or something with his foot, and that was pretty much. I was looking at you know injury reports all the time on him, and 
oh, he's gonna come back this week, or no, he'll be back in a few more weeks, or he just got reevaluated. And I'm like, this is this is done. He's this is I just put him on IR and be done with it. And then eventually it was just a cut. After I think last season I cut him. Mm-hmm. So that was just it. The 701. This is actually an interesting pick. So you took Eric Ebron, who was the tight end. He was your first tight end selected. He was coming off a tight end number four season. He actually scored 13 touchdowns the previous year. Yep. Yeah, I had him, I think, in another league. And this is why he was on my radar. Was I think I actually had him in your other league that you did, that you had run, the redraft league. Oh. And he tore it up with that that... I think he tore up that season for me, and I thought, you know what? He had a great year. He's coming off a good year. He's got a pretty good quarterback throwing to him who likes him. He's a big target. Give him a shot. Let's see what he, let's see what he can do. And a little bit high maybe on the board, but um, I felt like it was a good bit. I thought it was worth it there to go for it, and yeah, again, you know, I think he had a pretty solid year that year, but it wasn't worth a seventh round pick. I don't think it was probably more of a eleventh or twelfth round pick. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, that was probably a little bit too high for a tight end there of his caliber. But honestly, looking back, I needed I needed another weapon there, and I think with tight ends now, like you see how the tight end position has evolved now where it's like, you know, maybe five or six really elite tight ends now. And it's just, you know, if you want to get one of them, you're pretty much set. But with Ebron, it's just, you know, he's pretty much, you know, I think he's like an afterthought now. Yeah. But I think he just retired. that season was not really, yeah, he's he wasn't really ever right elite. Now, so. Yeah. Wow. Eight twelve, <laughs> you took Matt Ryan as your first quarterback off the board. Franchise guy at the eight twelve with Atlanta at the time kind of thought that he was going to be okay for a little bit but I think that team really struggled and again I think I had him out of the starting lineup midway through the year for Cousins which we'll talk about later with him but yeah his numbers definitely weren't you know there anymore when it came to I think they became a little bit their offense kind of changed a little bit with I don't think Shanahan was there anymore that season yeah, the previous year uh, when, before you drafted him, he was the quarterback two, and then you got a QB ten season out of him. Yeah, I mean he was yeah, but I was hoping for more. But you know, wow, QB ten. I guess that wasn't horrible, but you know, I, I guess I was hoping for a little bit better production there. But you know, it's Maddie Ice. Uh, I figured, hey, he's a solid signal caller. It's the eighth round, end of the eighth round got to get a quarterback at some point then boy if I just would have hit on some of those earlier picks that wouldn't have been so bad but I just you know I wonder if there are any other better quarterbacks available at that spot maybe Tom Brady was available yet I don't even know Rodgers I don't know if he I think Rodgers was probably off the board by then yeah for sure so yeah 901 then you took Daniil Hunter who has actually been a very consistent IDP for you and you still have him on your team correct Yes, he's one of the. He's he he he's lived through the entire, you know. He's been through the entire experience of lefty, uh, in this league, uh, and he's probably actually sat out like a full. 
I think he sat out a full season because of a neck injury. Um, I, I'm sure uh, Randy could tell tell you more about him, as you know he's our Vikings guy. But um, Daniel, I just yeah, I don't know if this is gonna be it for him on my roster. Like if I don't see like a ramp up in production, if he's gonna go back to his previous, like I don't know if he's ever gonna be the same as he was the first couple years, yeah. but. I don't know. It, this could be the, the twilight for him on my team. And uh, at the end of the day, I know I, you know, there'll probably be some picks that I'll be going with a variety piece in this draft. But I want to say, um, yeah, you know, I, he, he has a great reputation. He terrorizes quarterbacks, uh, gets a lot of sacks, good numbers, but. Lately, it's it just hasn't been there. It hasn't been there, and mm-hmm. I think the Viking fans, you know, know that as well as anybody. So, but he's been on my bench a lot, and I've had to get other IDPs to slot in because he's been hurt. And I hate using those spots up for IDP, but when you got a guy hurt and of his of his caliber, that you know how good he is when he's good when mm-hmm. he's in. Like he can get you four sacks in a game or three sacks in a game, and you know with the way the point system is now, that's like 15 points right there, or you know that could turn a matchup. So, sure. I mean, yeah, you. That's why. That's why I'm keeping them. You got you got now. probably the best IDP group you have for a while. So, with the IDP boost, I mean, you can really win some matchups as you just made mention, just from like a couple key games. Let's talk about the rest of your guys. Um, just from the vet draft, so ten twelve, it was Latavius Murray, another running back. Um, I don't remember where he might have been with the Saints at the time. Yeah, he was basically Camara's backup, I think. There, because never really so, played him a lot. Yeah, he was never on the really Saints, coming off a Viking season. Never gave wow. him a lot of burn on my roster at all. I did not I know he him. had he had two running back one seasons with the Raiders. Wow. <laughs> In 2016 and 15. And I remember, like, being in leagues with him on teams like that, and I always had to play against him, it seemed like. And I was, I'm sure I was victimized a few times against, you know, with teams that had him because mm-hmm. he could just go off and he had a burst yeah. back in those days. So the rest of the picks of note at the 1101, you took Miles Garrett. I did not even know this. Do you re- mm. Did you recall that? Did, did I? <laughs> Let me take a look. Unless I don't know if I would have ever wrong. dropped him. I, uh, <laughs> honestly, I don't think I would have ever dropped Miles Garrett just because of the whole. Yeah, here it is. Thing. You dropped him. Yeah, that was a wow. good for doing that. You, dra- that was the dumbest. you drafted was him in July of 19 and then dropped him in November of 19. I'm not sure why I did that. I think <laughs> I was just having a bad day, honestly. But, wow. You know, now seeing what he's doing now, it's like, yeah, guys can definitely develop and. He was on a he, he was decent then. I mean, mm-hmm. that's why I drafted him. So I don't know what the hell I did there. That was <laughs> that's one of those head scratching moments there that I'm, I I got Mike McDaniel in for is that he can help me out with you know making better decisions like mm-hmm. you know not cutting good de- defensive players. But whoever has him now, you're welcome. Stirk. Yep, he's definitely happy for that. Yeah. So next we had thirteen oh one Levante David, another IDP still on your roster. Uh, are you sure or, about that? Or did you get rid of him? Let him go. Might have. I think I did this past season just because I think he was hurt too much, and the guys on the the guys in like you know, his mid thirties now. I mean, 
How long yeah, is he going to play? Yeah, I don't know how long he's going to play for and if he's just going to be a passing downs guy or how that's going to work. But yeah, I just, I had to move on. I mean, at some point I just, you know, I had to have, you know, I got a key. I have Hicks now and, you know, I think they're going to actually play the guy from Arizona who we'll probably talk about later, but it's even. Yeah, but 1701, Collins. Kirk Cousins. I know you got a couple of good years out of him. Well, he ended up being the name of my team. He had a <laughs> good cousin. He had he had a good season that year, and from a 17th pick, he led me on a nice little winning streak this season to get me at least within shouting distance of a the sixth spot with uh, uh, JSP, I believe, getting that, and who ended up getting that with the points tiebreaker. But yeah, he had a good season for me. I mean, I was. That was basically like a depth pick just to have a backup for Matt Ryan, and it worked out. I mean, you know, he, Kirk Cousins is, you know, he's he's an enigma. Like, I don't know if he's like a great quarterback or if he's shitty or if he's somewhere in between because you just don't know. Like, some games he looks like, you know, a QB 3 or 4 in the league, and then there's games where he looks like a QB 24. So <laughs> I just, I don't know, like, what to think with him sometimes, and that's why... I think I ended up dealing him over to Randy because, you know, Randy can appreciate that performance level uh, from watching that team every week. But um, I just, to me, I just was, you know, tired of it. I was just was like, yeah. you know what? Second season came around, and I think I just had to move on. I just I felt like, you know, he got me near to where I wanted to get, but I felt like, you know what, I got to. I, I gotta do something big, and then you'll find out what happened. You know, as this podcast continues. So, nineteen oh one. Then you took Jamison Crowder, pretty okay wide receiver. Um, Probably my most requested guy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think I think I did about four, three or four trades with it, like him, like in the trade calculator. Like you wanted him bad. I'm pretty sure Stirk wanted him bad. Uh, for my 19th round pick, I mean, I think between him and Thielen were like my guys that were like the most requested <laughs> of like players in the league who wanted my picks. Or, I mean, I thought I made a couple decent picks in the startup, but yeah, like when you're when you're only getting offers on a couple couple guys, that's yeah, probably not the best. But the ones I did get offers for, you know, definitely Crowder was a popular one because I think people were expecting like a big year out of him with the Jets and. Uh, I think, you know, for depth, he was probably a pretty popular guy because he was going to get a ton of catches. But Let's get into those rookie picks then for the startup. At the 109, it was Daryl Henderson with the Rams running back. 204, wide receiver J.J. Arcega-Whiteside with the Eagles. 309 was running back Miles Gaskin of the Dolphins. And Welcome then 404, back. Jonathan Abram, the defensive back of the Raiders. General uh, thoughts on those guys? I would say I hit 50% on that. Uh, our Sega Whiteside, well, obviously he's a bust. Uh, he hasn't done anything with the Eagles at all, really. Abram, uh, I think he's still in the league, but he's on the yeah, it's probably, yeah, that was basically an IDP pick um, just for depth. And then, you know, Darnell Anderson's been really good, like for, you know, JSP now, since, you know, that's where he's at now. I mean, I did keep him on my roster for you know, season for sure. But, yeah, I think I got a, I got a little too too trade-happy in this league 
when it came to certain players, and he was one that, if I had to do it again, I probably wouldn't have done it. Uh, that that draft, I was really, and it's funny now how it's all worked out, but I really wanted Miles Sanders in that draft. Yeah. Randy and I had talked, and or I think it was me and Will had actually gone over some things for like a, you know, trading spots and you know doing a deal because he ended up wanting to get Hawkinson and. Uh, I wanted to try to jump up a little bit ahead of Randy because I knew Randy was going to go for Sanders, yeah. which that I mean, like what you said, like in this podcast, he probably won him the league that year. Cause that was like good Miles Sanders mm-hmm. that year. And I really wanted him. And Hen- Henderson was kind of like the, the consolation prize. But looking back now, Henderson's been really good. Like at least the last couple seasons now for the Rams and, you know, with the injuries they've had at running back, he really stepped up and, you know, basically helped them get to the Super Bowl or get to the playoffs. And it just, you know, I really, you know, there's so many times in this league where I could just, you know, if I could do it all over again, you know, it's just one of those things where you, would you have done it? And yeah. I guess for me, I wouldn't have traded Henderson in that deal. I wouldn't have threw him in in that deal, but we'll get to that, I'm sure. Well, so that's probably going to be the deal I'm known for the most <laughs> in this league because I won an award for that. So, uh, yeah, we'll get to that. That's going to probably have to be a bookmark part of this podcast when that comes up. <laughs> well, the one thing, and obviously I want to say this on your podcast more than anybody else's, the one thing I've found out about Dynasty is we have such a gut reaction to every single trade, but you don't know what's going to happen in the future. Like, if you look yep. at some of the picks if you're thinking of specifically the Rodgers and Dak deal, like if you think about any of those picks that ended up happening, none of them were even special players. So, you know, when you look back on it, it's like, wait a second, that actually wasn't as bad as a trade as we initially thought, which is actually a very interesting aspect of Dynasty. Right, because like Cooks was in that deal and Henderson was in that deal and I just, Ebron was in that deal and everybody thought, oh, that's a big... You know, JSP's going to rock. You know, he's going to win the league with that deal. And, you know, he got good depth from that deal. But, unfortunately, you know, sorry for Justin. But, you know, he did get some good talent out of it. And it's still relevant. But there's just other guys in this league that there's other talent now out there that's just as, you know, taking it to a whole different level now. And we're seeing that now, especially with, you know, guys that we've drafted now in the last couple seasons yeah. like you can draft a guy now and make an impact right away with some of these first rounders and that's why i think everybody wants to get in to the first round and you know try to find a a big piece you know that they can slot right in and try to make a run with but and that's you know and i have unfortunately I haven't had the, the, the opportunity to do that because i've had so many other hindrances on my team on my teams because you know, I'll get the stud receiver, but then it's like I'm deficient in other areas, like like running back or, or tight end or whatever. And it's just that's why in Dynasty you got to try to get a complete team when you can get it. And the, the startup is a big part of that. And I, I, I whiffed on that, unfortunately. But now it's all like at the mercy of, you know, all these rookie drafts. And, you know, I'm, I'm kind of at the mercy of, you know, making better deals and I think I'm making them now because I think people have seen that I've stuck with the league and I haven't like just like gone into a shell. Yeah. Like, you know, you can't do that. Like you, you really can't like, and that's where it was unfortunate where we've had like a couple people that have, that have come and gone in the league. 
and it's just like they get frustrated and it's like you know screw it i'm never gonna you know get, get back to where you know i want to be or whatever but you know with some people it's they were never cut out for in the, in the first place or just were you know wanting to see what this was all about and then they realize it probably wasn't for them and mm -hmm. that's kind of kind of like what space balls falls into sure maybe rowdy as well because <laughs> you know they thought this was like going to be a certain type of league and you know that everybody was just gonna you know roll over for them but yeah we don't do that in this league <laughs> unless it's me when i'm losing by like 80 to somebody but you know i, I still try to put in the best lineup i can yeah. it's not like i was giving those games away yeah. it's just how it works but uh, let's yeah, talk that about was my that first season let's talk about that second draft though your rookie draft that's when you actually hit hard, and that was the birth of Team Backflip. You were yes. pretty excited, I assume, when it came to you at the 105 and you were able to, gra to grab Dallas Cowboys wide receiver C.D. Lamb, who hasn't really hit his ceiling yet, but I still believe now with Amari Cooper gone, this could be the year of the flipping of the C.D. You took him at the oh, 105, yeah. you then took Tua Tungavailoa at the 203, and then... Antonio Gandy Golden at 309, who I was not happy that you ended up getting him. It's funny, he was at Liberty, and that's where Malik Willis was. Um, he yep. never threw him the ball, but uh, I was I was in love with Antonio Gandy Golden, and uh, yep. he's done nothing thus far. You're right. I should have learned from the year before when I drafted our Sega Whiteside that it seems like tall receivers don't always work. Tall with a hyphen. Yep, and <laughs> I think. I should have learned that with Jeffrey as well, because, you know, he was a tall receiver, and it just seems like I have crappy luck with tall receivers. And So then don't take Drake London, I... London on Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yep. So, yeah, uh, with the 1.02, yeah, yeah. No, it's just, at the end of the day, though, it's just, yeah, you know, I would trade it up to get Tua, which I was glad to do that, because I was pretty much... Uh, moving on at the quarterback position at that point in my head but I, I knew he wasn't going to really get the reins there so I think I was still holding on yet for Cousins but Lamb just yeah that was a no brainer to me after everything kind of fell down the way it did I was really kind of happy with Andy's pick before me because I thought she was going to pick Lamb to be honest but um, I wonder I'm trying to remember who she selected she for me yeah, I was happy for that because I I wasn't really interested in him, and I mean I kind of was, but he was going to the Lions, and I just you know with the Lions being the Lions, I yeah. just wasn't really you know high on him. Whereas with Lamb, it's like okay, this is like the pick for me, mm -hmm. and the Cowboys like to throw the ball, and Dak, you know, being the quarterback he is, it was going to get a new new toy to play with, and. So yeah, as far as this draft is concerned, I thought you know probably a solid B plus maybe yeah. for me on this one. I thought the Gandy Golden pick, if that would have turned out, this would have probably been a slam dunk. Yeah. But Tua is still out the launch. Like we don't know yet for sure with him, but he's starting now. So yeah. you got to at least give him the benefit until you know McDaniel decides to let him off the let him off and you know have Bridgewater take over. We'll see, <laughs> but. So let's talk about the 2021 rookie draft. You, this one, you actually had a lot more. You had double the amount of picks. But yep. again, another superstar pick in the middle of the first round. At the 106, it was Jalen Waddell. 208, you took the Packers, Amari Rodgers. 
aka the special teams guy that can't even play special teams. 209, you took Kenneth Gainwell to help out your Eagles backfield. 402 was Zavin Collins. 502, Kylan Granson. And then 602, Jalen Darden. Overall, what would you think of this one? Uh, I would say nailed it with Jalen, obviously. I mean, the guy had a offensive rookie of the year type year. I mean, just, you know, balled out. You know, yeah, they were all short passes, and a lot of it was, you know, you know, the fact that he was the only guy healthy, really, with the Dolphins to receive the ball. But got to give him the credit for that season. And Gainwell, uh, that's more of a future pick for me. Like, I really hope that, you know, he can work his way more into that offense, like a Brian Westbrook from the Eagles era, like Andy Reid era, maybe like that. But I thought they used him pretty well. You know at times but uh amari yeah pretty much that was a learning year with reggie with randall cobb not reggie cobb randall cobb and yeah probably maybe a little high for him but you know what he's a, he was a packer i took a flyer on him um i'd say overall with this draft probably like about a, about a b hmm. i mean jalen probably maybe a b plus because hitting on that first pick is it, it always makes your draft look better mm-hmm. uh it, you know because that's how the packers draft went this year like nobody liked quay walker and so everybody shat on their draft and said it wasn't a good draft after that but their draft actually really wasn't that bad when you go down the list but here if you hit the first pick usually the rest of it doesn't look as bad and yeah. in this case i i think i hit the first one and the rest, you know, were kind of middling. I mean, I'm still, the jury's still out on, you know, Zavin and Kylan already traded. And I think Stirk Daddy has him now on his roster. And he was a Colts uh, pick. And then uh, Jalen Darden is like mired in the Tampa Bay uh, receiving core somewhere, which, you know, maybe in a couple of years after Brady's gone, who knows? But. That's another, you know, that was a taxi squad pick, really. Just, you know, see what anything can come from there. Sure. Let's take a look at season number one for you. So, like you said, this is probably your bright spot as it relates to record-wise. You finish with a record of 6-7. and seven. Uh, You finish right on the edge of the playoff looking in. Uh, you were the seven play, seventh place team. Some of your core players included the quarterback 10, previously mentioned, of Matt Ryan, running back 7 of Mark Ingram, 16 of Le'Veon Bell, and 23 of Melvin Gordon. Now, obviously, if he didn't hold out, he would have been a lot higher. And then yep. also the wide receiver 8 in Julian Edelman. So you at least got a decent season from him. As bad as it looked in retrospect, they actually probably played way above expectations for me that season. And just to get seventh in that difficult of a league and that season where you know, we were all new like nobody really knew what was going on and i think i went running back heavy hoping that you know at least one of them would hit and Ing- ingram eventually did but yeah the other two were kind of a disappointment since they were my first two picks and you know edelman you know what can you say he pretty much left it all on the field for me that year and then he was pretty much done so but six and seven you know definitely not what i was wanting but considering you know how i drafted and the mistakes and the blunders i made with you know that first round pick um 
that was one of those where it's like, you know what, I'll take it, hopefully improve on that. If not, you know, try to learn from it and move on. But yeah. All right. It kept me in the league, you know. Yeah. I didn't want to quit after that season. <laughs> <laughs> so I wasn't like, hey, I'm done with this. <laughs> we're just gonna go right before we move into talking about your trades, let's just talk about each of the three seasons. Yeah, sure. Season two you finished in 11th out of 12 with a record of 5 and 8. So even though you finished in last, you still won 5 games. It's one that's crazy to think about. One less win than you did in season 1 and you finished in almost last. So it was a little bit stronger of a league in it our was, second season. Well, definitely and I think because of the way everybody had an off season under their belt and got to know more about the players and dynasty itself, how things work. You know, people had made alliances and trades, and you know there was some good trades that happened in that off season that really strengthened the league. I think Andy had gotten better in this league in this season, and there was like you know a couple teams that were really bad in season one that really turned it around in season two, and I was not one of them. <laughs> but I, I was glad to just be above water with a five-win season, and yeah, I mean I made. I made a couple splash deals that didn't really work out, but in the end, I thought my talent level was better than in season one, mm. but it just was season two being as competitive as it was. I think I ended up on the wrong side of some really good matchups mm. that um, ultimately, you know, torpedoed my season. So if we take a look at some of your core players, you had two top, or you had two QB1s, first of all, in Aaron Rodgers, quarterback two. So again, making that deal you did, yeah. It did pay dividends to an extent. You had the quarterback 11 in Kirk Cousins, running back 10 in Kareem Hunt, a.k.a. Creamy, <laughs> wide receiver 22 in CeeDee Lamb uh, as a rookie, and then the tight end 11 for Rob Gronkowski. The ninety, the $90 man. <laughs> for the fam, yeah. And you yep. still have him, and he was still valuable. So and maybe the money was worth it. Yeah, I mean, Fab is only worth as you know what you can get with it. I mean, what good is it sitting in your bank if you're not gonna translate it into something valuable or something of value? So I, I threw all I could on that. That was like betting it all on red at the roulette wheel, and I did, and it came up pretty good. But at the end of the day, it's you know it wasn't enough to get me in the playoffs. It wasn't enough to really move the needle in terms of that, but. He gave me good production, and he's still on my team. So I got that going for me, which is, you know, nice. But mm -hmm. as far as, like, you know, the two quarterbacks are concerned, being in the top, you know, you can only play one, and that's what stinks is, you know, I probably bet on too much depth there. I should have tried to trade one of them earlier <clears throat> or maybe did, you know, something different there. But I think Cousins ended up leaving my team at some point during this season. I want to say, I don't know if I held on. If I did hold on to him, that was a dumb move because, you know, I should have had tried. I should have tried to get a little bit more running back depth or something in this season because that's where everybody was heading and I was going the opposite direction there. And when I was zigging, everybody else was zagging. And that's where you, that's how you go from seventh down to 11th is you don't follow the right, you don't follow the trends and get the depth that you need to get. And next thing you know, you know, Cream Hunt's great. Don't get me wrong, but. He's not even a starting running back on his own team. And yeah. to get RB10 production out of him, you know, that was awesome. But 
yeah, I didn't do myself any favors. <laughs> of course. So but, season three, though, you had a record of three and 11, and then you took the 12th seed. So yep. that would be last. This is bottoming out yep. 101. This is where you just... Well, it's all up from here then, right? Yeah, well, you can't get much worse. I mean, <laughs> really, unless you lose one, unless you win one game or something. But at the end of the day, it's just, you know, it's this projection of, you know, I went all in, didn't work out, lose your chips, you know, you're down to your last, you know, last dime, and now you're just trying to work your way back to, like, at least some respectability and get back to, like, where you were in season one, where you had some depth and you had some pieces that you could at least be competitive week in and week out, whereas in week two, or season three, it was just, like, I loved my the funny thing is, is in season three, my team got a hell of a lot more activity with trades and people asking about players on my team because I had players people wanted. Mm -hmm. Whereas, like, in season two, I don't think I even had half of the, you know, most of my inquiries for people in season two, I think, were for Hunt. <laughs> uh, creamy. I mean, that was maybe the main guy that people asked about. But in season three, I mean, I was getting, I'm still getting deals. You know, I'm still getting feelers for my receiving core which you know i'm really glad i have those two guys and you know i really don't want to lose i really don't want to lose them but at the end of the day if you get a deal and it's too good to be true then you got to kind of run with it mm. but we'll see what happens i mean either they've been knock on <clears throat> knock on wood injury free so far for the most part and with receivers it's like you can be one injury away and it's like boom that's it so yeah. That's like any position, though. But what, luckily with those guys, I mean, they're young and they'll bounce back. But, yeah, I mean, I don't know if you talked about my core players in Season 3. Yeah, yet, but yeah that, record, that. that record just wasn't that good. <laughs> <laughs> so you had the running back 24, the last RB2 of the group, Miles Gaskin. Wide receiver 13, Jalen Waddell, another Dolphin. Wide receiver 19, C.D. Lamb. Tight end 5, Zach Ertz. Tight end 7, Rob Gronkowski. So, wow, you had two top ten tight ends, both a little aged. <laughs> so I went from two top, you know, ten quarterbacks to two top ten tight ends. Which, you know, <laughs> the single those are great. Sentence. I know, it's just like the positions, are. it's great to have the depth there, but it doesn't really lead to wins. And at the end of the day, you know, you can play them both at the same time, which at times I had to do that because of the fact that I just didn't have any running backs available or didn't have any, you know, players worth playing that were better than what I had as like as you know out there for the tight ends so yeah. that's just you know it's the team was just not there yet uh still wasn't you know making the right moves still I mean I made a couple snap decisions that you know I might regret down the road here but I think I'm trying to dig it or dig it out dig out of it here and yeah we can start going over some of these you know I've had you know a who's who of of trades and I just think that you'll see that there's some of them just have a really no I don't know if it was more for entertainment value for some of these deals or just if it was more what I was thinking at the time like thinking that oh this is going to help my team because I don't ever I don't ever do a deal thinking well just this is going to make my team worse <laughs> I don't I mean, know why you always try to find a way to make it better but at the same time it's like in retrospect you always look back and it's like well did you did you get the right pieces there? What were you trying to do there? And I think my plan the first few seasons was really just all over the place. And I think once I committed to going young, 
and once I committed to just going with, you know, getting out of the the retirees pool and going more into like the rookies and guys that were on the upswing, then that's when I think I started to find out that I was getting a lot more interest in my team and a lot more, you know, deals that were actually consummated that were that made sense. So it's just it just seemed like the first couple seasons I was just like sleepwalking and like not really making good deals and just trading like for like and I wasn't really getting good value and I think as I've been in this league now it's taught me a lot about you want to get good value but you also like you want to do stuff that makes sense mm -hmm. and for me it didn't make any sense for me to go out and get like over the hill receivers or guys that were like you know 28 years old 29 years old at running back it's just you know I was starting to like finally start making decisions that were a little bit more sound but I did pick up an older receiver in one of the deals I did, but and I did get Cordero Patterson, who's also older, but that was more of just like a stopgap thing. But at the end of the day, um, yeah, it just and the most the most important thing for me with doing deals is like the social aspect of it. Like, if I get along with the person, you know, I'm okay with maybe not winning the whole, like maybe not winning in terms of the draft calculator or whatever. If it's like a fair deal, that's really what i'm going for but you know there's times where you look back and it's like wow i actually really won that deal because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, at the time everybody's like oh that's terrible but you know you'll, you'll look at some of these trades and you know you'll, you'll wonder what the hell i was thinking going through half of these i'm sure but so 2019 get... yeah you didn't have any trades at all i mean like you did during the vet draft just that one the one swap i think yeah, I did. I was totally like Steve was that first year. Like, <laughs> that's how I was like Spaceballs 1.0 when, like, I started this thing off. I was just like, okay, I'm just gonna hold on my players and try to have a decent season. I wasn't gonna like rock the boat too much in the league because I was kind of new. And when you don't know everything and you don't really know, sometimes it's just best not to like make a bunch of dumb dumb moves and then find yourself out of the league like one of the guys was. You know, like the guy who drafted all the Rams, <laughs> Ryan. I think it was like no Alex Taco. Tim, right? Yeah, yeah, Taco. Yeah, well, he only lasted like what five weeks, and then he was done. because yeah. he wasn't setting his lineup, and people were getting mad. So then I said, "I'm gonna yeah. find him," and he's like, "I'm not paying more money than this league is paying." Lineup, lineup negligence, yeah. roster negligence was so, his, you know, deal. But for me, it was like, okay, let's get into 2020 see how things go and we'll go from there so the first trade you made was with Spaceballs. i know you mentioned that you kind of wanted to give him a little bit of draft capital to work with because he wasn't dealt the best hand um yep. i don't know if it was after or before the expansion draft but so in terms of the value you walked away with brandon cooks and antonio gandy golden he walked away with mark ingram um, Darrington Evans, Joshua Kelly, and uh, DJ Dallas. So a lot of just like random scat back running backs. Yeah. So this one's it wasn't it wasn't too irrelevant. You definitely got the best piece in Brandon Cooks, I would say. Yep. So I was I really wanted a receiver uh, that season, uh, just because uh, I had lost Edelman, and I was looking to upgrade there and. I was able to do it, and I know Steve was looking for a running back, and he liked Ingram. So, I wish he would have made more deals like that with other people besides me, because I think he'd still be in the league then. Yeah. 
but unfortunately he just never looked at his stuff enough and it just it, it wasn't good that i had to like you know remind him two or three times ever to look at his stuff so that be like hey dude i sent you a deal you know let me know and that wasn't supposed to be my job <laughs> and you know that's not anybody's job in this league is you know you know it's a courtesy thing to like you know if i send you a deal like please look at your dms or please respond to your dm and i just think that that's a a thing that you know can make things a lot easier going forward for the league is if, if it's a if it's a if it's a bizarro deal like a stirk daddy deal don't just say no just that's what i do to him all the time whenever he sends me deals that don't make any sense i just say sorry dude and then we move on and then he sends me a deal that's maybe a little bit better and then i'll say okay i like where you're heading but you know we're, we're just we're gonna work 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 our way to you know something that's the least you know workable mm-hmm. but i just think the conversations like some people just you know don't want to do that work and to me it's like part of that is like the fun of it in drafting and drafting is fun don't get me wrong i like drafting but I think the trades are where you really find out more about who's in your league and like what they're thinking and what they're about. And, you know, Randy's a cool guy because <laughs> I, I like trading with him. Actually, he's probably my favorite guy to deal with because he's probably, you know, he, he doesn't, he just cuts right to the chase. Yeah. That's, I like that about him. Whereas, you know, I've tried to do deals with other people in this league and it just gets, you know, a little, you know, we get a little bit of back and forth with a lot of that, but I, I enjoy that too, though, because mm-hmm. that's part of the art of the deal. That's part of like you know, talking through it. But all the deals I do, they were done um, with the utmost respect. And if I haven't done a deal with you yet, I will try to at some point in the next, in the, you know, in the near future, hopefully. But yeah. otherwise, it's just one of those things where it's like it's got to be right too. Like you just can't force a deal and. Like me and you, we've done our share of deals together, and I think for the most part, we've come out pretty much 50-50 on most of them, or yeah. a couple maybe. But so the second deal was between you and I, as you just made mention yep. too. I walked away with Adam Thielen and Jameson Crowder. You walked away with Michael Gallup and KJ Hill. You win that one for sure. <laughs> I mean, in my, in my opinion, you know, Gallup was fine. I mean, that's who I was really after. <clears throat> deal but kj hill was pretty much a a throw out and you got two decent players for one unproven player who's probably going to start breaking out here so that was a good good move for you yeah. i mean i kind of i i didn't get what i wanted out of that and but you got what you wanted so you know it worked out for you but third trade was between you and will you walked away with kareem hunt and a second that pick ended up being, let's see, Will's second, which was Diami Brown. So that tr- pick was later traded. And then Will walks away with Le'Veon Bell. So, wow, this was a great trade for you to get out early. Yep, and Kareem actually had a great year for me, as we mentioned before. Like, that was the RB10 year he had. And, yeah, I mean, that was my first deal with Will, and I've done a lot more deals with him ever since. Yeah. Obviously because when you have a good deal like that it makes you feel good that the person you're dealing with is you know okay with you know working with you and i honestly i don't think either of us thought it was going to turn out the way it did Mm -hmm. i mean i 
I think he thought Bell was going to at least try to be somewhat relevant, but Hunt just blew up that season, and I was grateful for that. Next deal was between you and Sterk. Um, we don't know who this 2022 second is going to be, as it is a late second. is actually the 211 in this year's draft, so on Saturday. And LaVisca Chenault is who you walked away with, and you gave away your first-round pick in Melvin Gordon. Yeah, uh, I was really looking for the pick. Um, and LaVisca, I, I liked him. Uh, I thought he had good good talent. And I just, at the end of the day with Gordon, I was, after the first season with him, and how things went there, I just was looking to transition from that. I just, I, I didn't really like this situation in Denver. And I liked... Um, LaVisca and I liked that I was going to be able to get a, get a pick out of that too so mm-hmm. and he really wanted Gordon I think that was like where he was really he was really trying to pound pound that uh, deal and we ended up getting it done I think the pick was what probably ended up turning the, turning the tide but next two was, was you and Will yeah so the next one was you and Will Will walks away with Kirk Cousins you mentioned you didn't <laughs> think you had him the whole year looks like you didn't and then you walk away with Tevin Coleman, a running back, and then Mitchell Trubisky. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we don't need to talk more about that one. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's that move was, on. Yeah, that was bad. <laughs> so the next one is between you and Justin, and this was a big trade. So you walked away with Dak Prescott and $35 of fab. Justin walked away with Matt Ryan, Daryl Henderson, Brandon Cooks, Eric Ebron, and Latavius Murray. Now, if you look at those players that he walks away with, really only one of them is, I mean, it depends on how you view Brandon Cooks. Not, not any of them are starters right now. So, maybe Cooks. Yeah, That's I it. mean, I guess it's a testament to Dak. You know, really coming back from that injury and establishing himself as you know a top quarterback now in the league. And I really wanted that connection with him and uh, Gallup and Lamb. I think that was what I was really going for there. Yeah. And that's why I was willing to just package what I could. But when that knee, when that, I was hoping like Tony Romo was, that it was only a sprain, Jim. I was really hoping it was only a sprain. And unfortunately, that was the season for him. And yeah, that was pretty much my season there in a nutshell. And I know everybody felt bad about it too, because that was a really big blockbuster deal that happened. And Justin and I had to work on that a little bit to get that done. Uh, he was very good about it because, you know, obviously he was getting a bevy full of players, but he had to find ways to work them into his team as well. Whereas me, I just had to find a way to get Dak, you know, on the field. And unfortunately, he only got to play, I think, two weeks on my team. <laughs> and that was it. So the next deal was between you and Will. Will walked away with James yep. Washington in the third which ended up being Hunter Long, tight end for the Dolphins. You walked away with Kirk Cousins and James White. I think you won that trade. <laughs> that was more like re- James Washington sucks. He can't stay on any team. Yeah, well, is he? He got traded again now. Yeah. Now he's. Uh, yeah, now he's he's not in the Steelers anymore. I know yeah, that. I thought, he was but... in, I thought he was in Baltimore. Let me see. James Washington. Oh, he's in Dallas. Yeah, yeah, with McCarthy. <laughs> oh, that's wonderful. Nah, don't even worry. We get a cut into CD Lamb's work. Yeah. 
So the next deal was between you and Will again. This was kind of a big deal. You walked away with Aaron Rodgers. Again, we know that this deal was heavily criticized. Yeah, but as we was. talked about at the beginning of the, of the show, um, looking back in hindsight is so interesting in Dynasty because here's the details of the deal. So you yeah. walked away with Aaron Rodgers. Will walks away with Dak Prescott. He walks away with Diami Brown, who is who I ended up taking, and then your second round pick, which was Michael Carter. So yeah, ooh, Michael okay. Carter was solid last year, but now there's kind of an Achilles heel there for him with Brees Hall. Brees. So yeah. I mean, like, and Aaron Rodgers still produced a t- I think top five season. He was MVP season, yeah. The COVID year. Yeah, yeah. You know, at the end of the day, with this <clears> deal. It was, a, it was, you know, I know Randy made a comment like, well, he's going for it. Got to respect that. Yeah. I mean, that's basically what I was doing was trying to salvage a season that basically went awry after that after that injury to Dak. And, you know, Will dangled that carrot out to me, and I took it hook, line, and I, I took it. And unfortunately, it didn't lead to anything because, you know, I didn't make the playoffs anyway, but you know what it was entertaining for the league um i went for it i could have just sat back and just you know had cousins but you know what that was just you know another damned if you do damned if you don't but to me it was like really probably i should have done it it was Mm -hmm. probably a a short-sighted reactionary move that in the end it probably caused my 2021 season to be what it was but you know what? That's the thing in the dynasty you learn is like the moves you make in 2020, they affect you down the road. And that's still happening, you know, to, to guy, people in this league, guys and gals in this league now. I mean, just what you did a couple of years, seasons ago. But I'd love to have those picks back, definitely. I mean, I'd love to have had those picks, but I knew that's what it was going to take to get it done. And I know I know, I've, I know the value of draft picks now. And I think back in, the, in 2020, I think, I just didn't have the same grasp of that and I think now you know that's how you build your team in Dynasty is you got to have that those picks and if you're just throwing them away for eight games of Aaron Rodgers or what was it 14 games maybe I had them in the next season for a little while until I traded them but spoiler alert but yeah let's talk about those 2021 trades now so the first trade mm-hmm. happened again with you and Will. Wow, you guys made so many trades. <laughs> we do, we do. We're like, we're like, uh, yeah, <laughs> a little, little too close maybe because, <laughs> you know, he reached, he would reach out to me. I, you know, I do the same with Will though. I feel like me and him trade a lot too. He's very open to deals, and I like that about him. But yeah, I like to make deals with other people this season. Like, I'm not gonna, you know, poo poo Will here, but I will say like in 2022, like I'd like to try to do deals with. You know, maybe three different people than the three I did deals with in 2021, <laughs> unless, unless it makes sense. Because yeah. to be honest, me and you didn't do a deal in 2021, yeah. which I was shocked by that. Like yeah, just we did it early in Austin trades. So the trade was Will walks away with Lavisca Chanel, who you liked, but then you dealt him dealt him away. He's he's kind of a question mark at this point. Yep. You walked away with Ronald Jones and a second, which ended up being Kenneth Gainwell. So a two running back for Lavisca Chanel deal. Loved it. I mean, LaVisca, I, he showed flashes for me, but I think it, it, just seeing the dumpster fire that the Jaguars were turning into, I just I had to get out of that. 
and now that they're back to, you know, being a promising team again, I'm, you know, back in, and we'll get to that, I'm sure, down yeah. the road here. Next deal was between you and Sturk. He walked away with Michael Thomas, or sorry, Michael Gallup, and a fifth. Uh, which we don't know who that player is yet, and then you walked away with Will Fuller. Yeah, this one I would like to do over again because, yeah, that was not a good deal for me. And, you know, Fuller basically had a lost season. I'm hoping he gets on with the Browns or gets on with a good situation um, to somehow salvage that deal. But same time, Gallup didn't really go nuts either. So and it's really the pick that kind of hurts there. But... We'll see. You know, that that's another one. Like, let's wait and see and get Fuller on the field and see if he's back to where he was. Then you had another deal with Will. He walked away with Tyrell Williams, and you walked away with two Packer wide receivers, <laughs> Alan Lazard and Randall Cobb. <laughs> so it begins. The Packer <laughs> assembling. The, the Packers assemble. Yeah, I don't know. I was just having fun there. I was already going down the road of, you know, the long road of three wins of you know i knew this was pretty much going to be a fun lost season but yeah i this is where i was just starting to like try to get try to put some fun back into the game for me and th they didn't last on my team very long as you'll, <laughs> you'll let everybody know soon randy traded you gardner Minshew a third and a fourth and then you traded him antonio brown and kirk cousins this was before he ran off the field. <laughs> you know what? The picks I'm happy for because I think I still, you know, they're still going to be useful down the road. Minshew, I don't know if he ever gets a league, you know, job in the league as a starter again. But I got rid of the cancer that is Antonio Brown and Kirk Cousins. You know, can play you know behind plexiglass and you know throw some touchdowns in minnesota for randy i'm cousins i have like an open door policy with him it seems like he just shows up whenever he feels like it and, you know i've done two or three separate deals for the guy now yeah. and he just kind of gets bounced around but i always you know he's for that first season i always have a soft spot for him but yeah he doesn't yeah he, he's not part of my future plans obviously because that's why i dealt him Next trade, you walked away with Zach Ertz. We saw he had a pretty productive tight end season, and then you gave Sturk a 2023 third. That's a pretty good deal. I didn't think that was, yeah, because I thought Ertz, according to, you know, he was still, I think, uh, that was when Goddard went down, and I thought Ertz was going to start getting a lot more a lot more looks, but then I think they ended up dealing him to the Cardinals after that, and that worked out okay. So, I, she had a decent season so i'm hoping you know he could still keep turning back the clock and getting another tight end top 10 performance would be nice cardinals just resigned him too so two or yep. three years i think it was three yeah so i mean he might retire or they might cut him before that but at well, least they, has a contract they, they tied the cardinals are the retirement home so <laughs> <laughs> he's in the right place aj green <laughs> Like yep. Larry Fitzgerald, JJ Watt. The next deal was you yep. and Spaceballs. He walks away with Aaron Rodgers, two fourths, uh, and Marquez Valdez Scantling. And you walked away with Ben Roethlisberger, Cordero Patterson, and Marvin Jones Jr. 
Yeah, this was pretty much just a dump. I just wasn't. This was mainly because I know I knew Steve would go for it because he, he's all about he was all about Rogers. And I should have probably held on the MVS, which I'm really regretting now since he's a chief, and he's gonna get tons of you know looks. I'm guessing from Patrick, but yeah, I'm. I got Marvin Jones Jr. out of it now, and I'll live with that because I know him and my new quarterback are probably going to try to establish some sort of a rapport there, but um, Cordero, yeah, just didn't really make any sense to have him on my team, and Ben, well, good riddance. <laughs> Next deal was you and Randy. Randy walks away with Ronald Jones, and this is hilarious. <laughs> I did not even know this happened. You walked away with Mike White, Jets quarterback. Yeah, it was it was bad. I I was down to my like last week of contention and for anything, and I was just like, you know what, I'm going for it. Mike White threw five touchdowns the week before. Uh, he t- tore apart a Cincinnati Bengals secondary, and then he was starting against the Bills at home. And I thought, you know what, this is like his audition. Like, is he gonna be it, the the guy, or is this it? And well, we know what happened, so. Yeah, it, it was like basically just like a give it a shot. And I know Ronald Jones, you know, he's he might be relevant now. Like I think he got dealt from the Bucks, right? I think now the Bucks let him go. Yeah. Or, I don't know where he ended, it ended up landing. But he's not, he's on the Chiefs. That's not a bad situation for him. I you know what? And I probably looking back. You're welcome, Randy. You know that's that might work out pretty well. Next deal, you walk away with Miles Gaskin in the fifth. And Sterk walks away with Cordero Patterson. Yeah, and I think that was a win-now move for Sterk. Uh, for me, this was basically a future move. And, you know, Sterk, you know, unfortunately, Patterson, I think, got hurt and didn't really perform the rest of that, you know, to the, his capabilities. And ultimately, that could have cost Sterk, you know, his perfect season. That Cordero, he was counting on Cordero. I know he was. <clears throat> And that could have been one of the things that, you know, prevented him from getting that ultimate prize. So The repeat, yep. And the perfect yep. season. Yep. Now he's just the Patriots. The last trade that you made from the 2021 season was you walk away with Miles Sanders, a third, a fourth, and a fifth. Randy walks away with Kareem Hunt. People really like this deal. Uh, this was a deal that was on the table. Uh, Randy went down to Mexico. We tabled it. I actually declined it at first because I didn't know if I wanted to let go of Hunt. But then I realized, you know what? I think it's the end of the road. Uh, it made sense for him to have Kareem on his team because he's already got Chubb. And for me, I needed the I needed the capital. I needed the picks. And I kind of wanted Miles Sanders from the beginning on my team. And he was I'm really hoping he gets a renaissance this 2022 season yeah they're they're gonna be exciting to be honest when i mean they just got aj brown yep improve their defense i hope right and i'm hoping now that they're gonna be a little bit more balanced that that will help sanders because i think he needed that because that's what he had his first season in, in philly was they had a balanced offense and he succeeded and going run heavy it didn't really benefit Sanders I don't think as much because I think he needed more space to run and he needed to be more involved in the passing game too and when they went run heavy I think that really kind of hurt him mm-hmm. but 
we'll see what happens. I mean, I'm really looking forward to seeing how that turns out. And then you made one more trade that is just of note because it happened actually pretty recent. I like this trade for actually both sides. Uh, you walk away with Trevor Lawrence, the former number one pick for Jacksonville. Randy was looking to move him because he has like six quarterbacks. Uh, and then you trade him the, was it the 112 or the 110? I think it was the, uh, right here. I think it was the one. That was 112, 112, 201. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure that was it. Or 111. Yeah, 111. 111, 201. Um, yep. Honestly, how I was viewing this when you made the trade is when I started doing, like, my initial mocks and, like, looking at players and stuff, I assumed if you stayed in that spot, you were going to take Pickett. And then yep. if you didn't take Pickett, then you would trade it for a, probably a quarterback. So, right. I mean, you ended up doing that anyways because you gave away the 201 and the 111 for Lawrence. And I think this is just this just shows and you got a mid second, which is good too. This shows my evolution in this league. Like I don't think I would have been able to pull a deal off like this in the first season, but I think now that I know what the hell's going on a little bit better and what I need to be doing, like I needed a quarterback. I think everybody in this league knew that. <laughs> I know Minchu. I know Randy knew that. <laughs> I mean, I was down at Gardner Minshew, honestly. I, I mean, mean, if you would have taken Pickett, I I was like going through your in your head and envisioning what you could have done i was like if tyler takes Pickett at 111 he'd actually be smart to spend like a third on trubisky and just lock that up because then you're guaranteed right. at least a quarterback minus the bye and week. i thought about that i thought about going the steelers route to be honest with Pickett, because i honestly think it's either gonna be him and him or mitch that yeah. are gonna start so but yeah, when I saw Lawrence was available, I'm like, yeah, I gotta jump on this. This is like an insta, insta accept. Like I gotta do this deal because the sky's the limit. We've seen what he's done. We've seen what Trevor can do in college. He's gonna have a real coach now with him that has won a Super Bowl in Doug Peterson. He's going to have weapons around him. Yeah, granted, maybe they're not. You know, it's not like Tyreek Hill weapons, but you know. Christian Kirk isn't bad and you know they're, they paid a hell of a lot of money for some of these guys yeah. and you know Zay Jones and he's going to have some speed to work with and you know if they get ETN back and he gets you know some of his running his running game back it won't be all about Trevor all the time he'll have a balanced offense to work with and I think in Clemson he, he needed that and that's where he succeeded so yeah really looking forward to this season now like having a quarterback that i'm gonna slot in there every week and you know tua you know i just it was hard for me to let go of him because he was you know a guy i traded up for but and helped waddle with a great season but i just with mike mcdaniel you know with the dork i just feel like he he had jimmy g as his quarterback <laughs> I don't know if the quarterback position is something that is going to produce. Like, you know, is Tyreek going to be like the next Debo? Like, like how are they going to do it? You know, like, what's going to happen? Where, what's Wall going to be? You know, like, how is everything going to fit? There's going to have to be a feeling out process there with that new offense. And I mean, I know it's not going to be Waddle getting 100 catches. I mean, maybe he'll get like 60 or 70 and get like more yardage, which would be nice. But. 
we'll see. I mean, Tua's got to get his head on straight and, you know, get all the, the ghosts out of his head and get all the naysayers out of his head and just have a great season. And I really hope he does for you. I really do. Because yep. he was the guy I kind of put my future on. And then I really did a reverse course and, and went with Trevor. So I don't know if, it, I guess time will tell, right, Logan? Yeah. <laughs> Because that's kind of how these deals work, you know, especially when it comes to, like, superstars and, you know, how quarterbacks, you know, are the most scrutinized position. So let's look at your I'm depth really chart. So yeah, quarterback. Quarterback, you got Trevor Lawrence and Gardner Minshew right now. Probably going to have to add something eventually if you yep. can find it. Will do. I mean, I've seen there's some out in the free agent list and yeah. definitely – not saying I'm going to use it in the rookie draft, but, you know, I might have to, you know, I, got, I have fab money and whatnot. You know, if I have to go out and get a free agent, I probably I'll end up doing that. And then running backs right now, the depth chart's looking like Miles Sanders and Kenneth Gainwell. So you have that handcuff. You got Jarrett Patterson, who was actually pretty good with the commanders at the end of last year, but I don't really know where he's going to line up since they right. just drafted Brian Robinson. And I think Jarrett Patterson was like a sixth or seventh round pick. Yeah. Gaskin with the Dolphins, who was undrafted, so they don't have anything invested in him. Deontay Foreman, who looked very good at the end of last year. James White's coming off an injury. Brandon Bolden looked okay for the Patriots. Jordan Howard, I don't even know if he's in the league anymore. And, and <laughs> right. Jake Funk. Yeah, this is a uh, – yeah, there's definitely a drop-off in this our running back room uh, after the Eagles. Uh definitely gonna have to do something about that i think so stay tuned um yeah i got the 1.02 pick so uh there could be some help on the way for that room i'm hoping so um not gonna get you know i could be cryptic with that remark <laughs> so let's look at the yeah, wide outs honestly, though yeah. i mean it's a lot more exciting here cd at the top with jalen waddle marvin jones jr will fuller Jalen Guyton, Khalif Raymond, Amari Rogers, Jalen Darden, Scotty Miller, and T.Y. Hilton. Now, T.Y. Hilton was like kind of a late pickup because I think Jake thought he was done. I think Jake thought he was retiring or something. But if he ends up with the Packers, who knows? I mean, that yeah. would be interesting. But that's kind of that was just kind of a late pickup. But as far as like the top of that group, yeah, I very happy with the, the first two there and. You know, if Fuller, Marvin Jones can find a way uh, to be relevant, that would be great. And then uh, definitely probably uh, in the draft we'll have to address, you know, it's a receiver depth. There's a good receiver depth in this draft. So maybe I can find something to add into that room as well. I'm hoping. Tight end. There are quite a few actually interesting options here. We got Zach Ertz, tight end with the Cardinals. Gronk, he's retired, but everybody's assuming he's coming back. Yep. Uh, CJ Uzama, who's a starter with the Jets right now. Jonu Smith, who's basically like a 1A, 1B with the Patriots. And then Dan Arnold, who unfortunately just lost his job to Evan Ingram, we would assume. But, yeah. you know, when I saw these tight end names, I'm like, you know what? This is like, if you were willing to do it, you could probably trade one of these to a guy named Little Slads, who's been desperate for a tight end, or at least like explore it like even if you offer him cj uzama like right yeah. now he's he had hayden hurst i mean he's a starter for i don't even know yeah. a Bengals. i think he is but right 
Well, I hoarded some of these guys because I thought, you know, maybe they'll be they'll latch on somewhere. And Uzama really ended up really doing a good job with the Bengals there toward the end. So I thought, why the hell is he on the waiver wire yet? Because I went out and grabbed him. But yeah, if anybody, yeah, Little Slads has reached out to me in the past, and you know he knows my number. So you know, I I'll, I'll definitely give him a fair price. I mean, I honestly like I like that I can like put some of these guys in when necessary like I, these are like matchup dependent to me like if cj has a good matchup one week with the jets definitely i'll probably slot him in maybe but you know until rob gronkowski you know commits and says he's coming back and not going for the the wwe 24 7 <laughs> title again oh god then <laughs> from from a wwe I, 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 watcher I really, that title is a joke now <laughs> i really like to see uh you know rob back in the room again and then uh you know now that they have a different coach who might not be quite as much of a taskmaster, maybe that'll, you know, maybe that'll help. Hey, another res- another wrestling reference there. I, I said the taskmaster. <laughs> the shockmaster. The kicker position. Taskmaster is, yeah, Kevin Sullivan. Oh, I don't even know who that is. That's the guy that was in the, the Dungeon of Doom video. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, we'll, we'll get off the wrestling now. <laughs> so it looks like you don't have a kicker on your roster. Is that correct? No. No. Yeah. Uh, and well, you'll find a starter. Because there, there might be one in the draft. So, but I think, I'm guessing there's one on. Actually, my, my goal is to go get Josh Lambeau. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we'll see. I mean, right now it's like, is, is Missing Crossbar going to be back? I don't know. I, I actually let him go after he missed another field goal that hurt the Packers so just wasn't really happy with him so that was more of a hate cut yeah maybe you can snag Justin of his guy Robbie Gould since he cut him yeah who knows maybe (laughs) I will yeah I'm always looking it's just at the end of the day like having the kicker spot blank isn't really causing me to lose any sleep (laughs) IDPs of note we got Daniil Hunter, Buda Baker Alex Highsmith, Camu Gruger Hill who's the guy that we found in uh, Gruber Bowl (laughs) <laughs> yep. And then uh, Jordan Hicks, Kaiser White, former Charger, Zaven Collins, and Kyle Duggar. Yeah, uh, happy with uh, most of this group. Um, Kaiser White was a nice surprise. Um, Zaven's probably, this is like a prove-it year for him. Otherwise, I'm probably going to move on. Duggar is like a Belichick, you know, a corner that gets a lot of tackles and... I think he had a kind of a breakout year last year. Uh, Buda Baker had some injury issues last year, so I kind of needed to get a backup. Um, Alex Highsmith was solid, I thought, when he came in. Uh, KGH, uh, really happy with how his numbers were. Jordan Hicks is, you know, got a change of scenery now. He's in Minnesota, so I got some decisions to make here. I might be holding a couple more IDPs than what I really need here, so. I think I just was kind of, you know, making sure that everything was going to be okay going into the off season. And I think maybe uh, if I find something in the draft, one of these guys will probably uh, be on the waiver wire hmm. at some point. We'll see. I'm not saying that. The, I'm not saying that for sure, but I don't know. I just, I think, I I see some impact in that room, but KGH can go off and have like a 15 tackle game and that can win you a matchup so yeah. we'll see 
So, and then let's look at those draft picks. 2022, so on Saturday you have the 102, 206, 306, 401, 409, 501, and 601. So that is seven picks. Uh, 2023, you have first, second, third, two-fourths, two-fifths, and two-sixths. And then 2024, you got a first, second, third, two-fourths, a fifth, and a sixth. I like how it sets up. Um, I did lose a couple picks with that Lawrence deal. or Yeah, I did lose at least uh, one pick with that deal out of the first round. But, yeah, like what you said, I was going to probably do the quarterback thing anyway. So, but, yeah, I'm really liking how this kind of set up for down the road. Um, what I like to do is bundle picks to move up. I don't like to move down really too much. I'd rather move up. Mm-hmm. I think I tried moving up uh, in this draft, but it's probably going to be tough. It's kind of late now in the game. Well, you say that now, but I mean, like when we start doing the draft live, yeah, we always true. have. We, I mean, we've averaged probably what ten to fifteen trades. Yeah, doing. good point so. there. I mean, I got two picks in the fourth round, which, I mean, I got the four point oh one, which is you know, got some value there. I mean, middle of the second and third round. I mean, maybe package those two up to move up in the second, which I've tried to do, but. Some people have too many picks already and don't want to do that, and I understand that as well because you got to find spots for these guys once you draft them. So, but yeah, I think I'm good worth where I'm at. But if there's opportunity uh, to move up, I'll try. Otherwise, if something knocks my socks off for the 1.02, you know, put something together. But if anybody listens to this before then, but otherwise. Uh, I'm probably like going to be resigned to using that pick and just uh, rolling with it. Well, that's really all we got for this episode of the For the Throne Dynasty podcast. This is the last team profile, and we're saving the best for last, of course, right? <laughs> I, I really thank you, Logan, for all the research. Uh, you put a lot into this and dredged up a lot of bad memories for me, so I really appreciate that. <laughs> And yeah, there was some good times too, but let's we're gonna try to make more good memories going forward here with uh, the Miami Dork Fins slash team backflip. And uh, I really am glad that uh, the draft is here and looking forward to a great weekend. And thank you for being the best damn commissioner in fantasy sports that I've <laughs> ever had. Let's do it. Saturday is going to be a party, that's for sure. So we're I, looking forward I, to it. I will be there virtually. Um, I will have a different background for that. <laughs> so I'm looking forward. I hope I hope everybody likes it. Whoa! <laughs> there's no Hulkamaniacs here. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, if I used that one, I don't know how that would go over. <laughs> but maybe two people would know that. <laughs> ah, it's not ah. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, but yeah, this was this was a lot of fun, and uh, thank you for doing these. And yeah, I'll you know, looking forward to seeing everybody at the draft. And uh, take it away, Logan. Really appreciate you. All right, everybody. We will see you on Saturday, eleven o'clock. Be there or get kicked out. Goodbye. <laughs>